D-Dog's award-winning barbecue rubs put the perfect balance of spicy and sweet on your ribs, chicken, all beef and pork, and more. Whether it's slow-cooked barbecue or grilled steaks and burgers or soups, vegetables, or anything else from your kitchen, D-Dog's award-winning rubs make good food great. Four flavors, original, maple, apple, and peach, each made from the freshest all-natural ingredients. Order yours today at www.ddogsbarbecue.com. That's D-D-O-G-S-B-B-Q.com. D-Dog's Barbecue Rubs. It's better than ketchup. Welcome to Barbecue Central, the show where we talk about all things important to the world of barbecue. From big-named interviews to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here inside Barbecue Central. If you're interested in learning more about barbecue, feel free to visit our website at www.bbq-the-4-theletteru.com. Get connected to the best barbecue forum on the internet. And now, here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Thank you, Jim Morgan, and welcome to Barbecue Central, the show where we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue. Wherever you are across the globe, I certainly appreciate you taking time out to join me. Tonight, I'm finally catching up with Dave Hudson for part two of getting into the barbecue catering business. It's been about two and a half years since I spoke with Dave initially, uh, but he is joining me tonight in studio, so let's get right to the barbecue conversation. Dave, welcome back to Barbecue Central. Uh, Greg, it's good to be here, and uh, I never dreamed it took so many people to put this show on. And uh, sitting here in the lavish uh, Barbecue Central Studios, I'm, I must say I'm in awe. This is the first time that anybody has ventured by choice into the Barbecue Central studio. So uh, usually it's done via telephone or some telephony type thing. But you're the very first guest sitting in the palatial estates that are known as the Barbecue Central Studios. Well, I, I would recommend to others, if you are going to make the pilgrimage here, that you, you plan to take a weekend. There's that much to do here? Yeah, that much to do. <laughs> uh, Dave, for people that might have not caught our first show and probably want to preface this interview by saying that we did a initial interview probably now two-plus years ago when you were just getting into the barbecue catering business. And we were going to do kind of like a quarterly update thing, and time has gotten away, and my podcast, the original podcast platform had fallen through, but now that we're back up and running – Let's kind of do a quick recap of how that first show went. What kind of initial layout of, uh, of cash did you put into it? What kind of pit did you buy? And we'll kind of go from there. Well, uh, I got the idea to get into catering. Uh, it's been about four years ago now. And uh, through a series of uh, smaller cooks that I had done on my backyard uh, pit, I uh, had determined that there was indeed a market for it. And uh, I did some investigating into uh, several jobs that I could get uh, if I were to equip myself thusly. And uh, I went out and decided to make the investment uh, in the pit with the knowledge that uh, I didn't have to uh, take jobs to pay it off. I, I, I spent money that I could afford to spend. cost me roughly $20,000, uh, 10000 on the pit, and... Uh, 
another 10,000 to outfit with awnings and knives and cutting boards and tables and all the accoutrements of catering pans and a truck a truck well the truck wasn't really the truck was my personal investment because i needed a vehicle anyway so it might as well have been a truck uh but i i got myself started in uh let's see my first gig would have been june of 2005 um, went through all the uh, you know necessary research, uh, incorporated, uh, got the business insurance, uh, printed business cards, uh, and, and basically had four jobs lined up for the first summer going into it, uh, one of which is, was my daughter's uh, graduation party, so I wasn't even being paid for that. Ended up picking up several more jobs that first year just through word of mouth and through, you know, people at my wife's company, people at my company. They associate with other companies, uh, you know, friends and family. And uh, had a very successful uh, first year. Sold about uh, $12,000 worth of barbecue uh, in my first year uh, and was generally very happy with it. Second year rolls in. How did you go about then marketing the business, advertising, et cetera? Well, well, generally speaking, I don't really do any marketing. I did get a website up, um, and it, it lists my menu, and it lists what I do and who I am. Uh, I have the business cards, which I pass out generally when people ask me for them. I don't like to put them out because people take business cards and and throw them away for the most part. The people that ask you for them, you find are gener- genuinely uh, interested in doing something. Uh, but basically, everything I've done uh, has been word of mouth. Uh, I did a couple jobs my second year. Uh, Uncle Bubba and ZBQ came out and helped me with one of them at a winery, local winery, and I ended up losing money on that job. But one of the gentlemen I met at that job ended up uh, hiring me to do his company's thing, which is an annual. I've done three years in a row now. Then he got me into two graduation parties and another job. So he's been like one of my biggest supporters. So it, it's word of mouth. And, and then I've had jobs spur off of, of that guy's job. So I really, it's, it's important that I I don't get too many jobs, to be honest with you, Greg, because I, I have a day job. And this uh, this was never intended to be more than a, a side gig, but it, it has the potential to turn into something that could become unmanageable, really. Had you ever toyed around with taking out ads in the paper or running something in a like a church circular or some neighborhood type of community paper? Well, I, I have to be careful with what I go out and solicit. I, I almost want to be selective because what's happened... I don't really like to take jobs for 50 people. Uh, I, I unfortunately have had to tell a number of people, you know, who want to do 25 or 30 that uh, I won't take them. So what happens when you go out and advertise in a church paper or or the like is you stir up a lot of small jobs. So you almost really want to go out and try to start seeking the jobs you want rather than, you know, the jobs you don't want coming to you. You know, and initially you do. You want to take any job that's offered to you. The first year out, I, I would take anything. And I still take smaller jobs because I know that they'll lead to some. If I'm not working that weekend and I want to have the money, uh, I know that that job could lead to something else, you know, by virtue of someone there. Typically, a question that comes up on a lot of barbecue forums is how you go about costing a job. How do you do that? 
Well, generally speaking, I when I first got into this, I laid out uh, what expected costs would be, uh, you know, from a serving of uh, pinto beans to a serving of brisket, how much rubs going on the brisket, how much yield do you expect to get out of it. And I laid it out, you know, for every meat that you have. What I what I did was develop what I thought would be my average cost, uh, and that includes place setting. I, I include place setting, uh, you know, better plastic silverware, better you know three compartment uh, plastic plate, and came up with what the costs were for all the food items and the non food you know serving items. And then you have to consider, you know, X amount of foil. Like, you know, there's 48 inches of foil generally for every large cut of meat you have. And what's your price on brine if you're brining the chicken? So generally, I figured where my cost was going to be. And you, you, you add in fuel. And the, the thing that I found later on is that there were a lot of things I wasn't figuring into my cost per person. I tried to just throw a dollar onto the end of it as a catch-all, and I think I probably wanted, should have gone $2 because you have your insurance and your gas, and I, I luckily haven't had to pay for any wood because I get it free from friends, but that's another expense. There's all these intangibles that you find at the end of the year that you thought you made a lot more money than you ended up doing when you look at your balance sheet. Um, but I came up with a cost that, you know, was roughly in the five to $6 range. And obviously your cost for brisket and ribs is going to be far greater than your cost for pulled pork and chicken. But I do give people the option to pick what they want. And I charge the same price, whether it's ribs, ribs and brisket, ribs and chicken, you know, whatever the combination is, if they want salmon, I I just make more money if they, they buy the cheaper cuts of meat, frankly. So do you look to make a certain minimum number of dollars profit on each job? Yes. Make, make, I, I guess there's not a certain number that I'll put on it. Um, obviously, I'd like to make $1,000 minimum on every job, but that's uh, that just doesn't happen. I still take the, you know, I, I took two jobs for 50 people this year and one for 75. So, uh you know, I'm making three, four hundred dollars on a job like that, and you know, if I didn't have anything to do that weekend, that's great. So I, I don't, I don't say there's a set. You know, I'm still at the point where I'm doing it all myself, so I can, I can take a job or I can not take a job based on a whim. You would just briefly kind of mention what you offer menu wise. What do you exactly offer? Well, when I went into this, I, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, and I'm as stupid as anybody, so uh, it applies to me greatly. Um, I, I don't want to try to be what I'm not. I'm not a restaurant. I'm not not really a full-service caterer. Uh, I was offering dessert at one point, and dessert just wound up being like cookies or brownies or uh, arugula or something from Sam's and, uh, you know, throw it out on a plate. But I found that people didn't really want dessert that much anyway, and it was costing me money, so I, I kind of took the dessert out of it. Um, I offered generally two meats, two sides, serving, uh, utensils, uh, and all that, no no beverages or anything. And uh, I, I decided I was going to try to keep the range of meats fairly simple, uh, Obviously, I'm going to try to push what I want. And, and you'll find that most people, once you've established that you're a barbecue expert, will allow you to tell them what they should have at their party, which which winds up being good for me because 
if you're going to cook, uh, and I cook everything on site, so if you're going to cook uh, pulled pork, you're obvious, you're committing yourself to 14 hours of cooking time. So you're guaranteeing that you're going to be there overnight for the next day's uh, meal. Uh, if I want something uh, quicker, I can tell them, well, you want, you know, baby back ribs and briskets, and I can come and cook flats and baby backs and be there at 7 in the morning and uh, have it on the table by 5 at night. And, and I really think uh, for this area, I try to sell the idea of a Texas barbecue, and that usually is brisket and ribs. I think most people up here are really impressed. They've had pulled pork, but they've not had brisket, and I find that I probably get more raves on the brisket up here. And interestingly enough, smoked salmon. People love people love salmon, and uh, whenever I cook, you know, add it for like 20 people on the list, it usually is gone, and uh, and people are raving about it. But, yeah, I try to keep it chicken, which I don't really push at all. I try to push people away from chicken just because it's smoked chicken. It just isn't that good. You know, I can do a decent piece of chicken, but... Uh, I don't like to work with it. You know, I don't think anybody really does in large quantities. It, anytime you've got chicken there, you've got the, the potential for contamination more so than with other meats. Again, I'll do pork loin, um, brisket, spare ribs, baby back ribs, or loin back as we like to call them, uh, salmon. And then I'll do baked beans, pinto beans, baked potatoes. You always try to push coleslaw because coleslaw is a fairly easy thing to do, and, and it just goes well with barbecue. I'll make uh, my own coleslaw dressing that I stole out of smoke and spice. Coleslaw goes a long way. You, you encourage people to put it on their sandwich, and, and I'll provide bread. But it's you know a pretty simple menu. I don't try to be anything that I'm not. When you're cooking stuff on site, you have to limit yourself to what you can do on site. Where do you buy your food supplies at? Uh, generally speaking, Gordon food service for, uh, you know, ketchup for barbecue sauce there and vinegar and most of my seasonings and spices and foil pans. It seems to be the best place to get foil pans and, uh, lids, uh, because Sam's for some reason never, <laughs> never carries lids for, they have foil pans, but they don't have lids. Uh, then I buy a lot of stuff at, uh, a lot of my stuff at Sam's. Oh, I do buy my pintos and my baked beans at Gordon Food Service, too, because you can buy everything by the case there. Then uh, Sam's, I'll buy all my utensils and paper plates and all that type of stuff. And I don't like to buy my meat there because they have a tendency to not have your orders there on time. Uh, forget They're just a little too big. Uh, if, if you're going to go there and buy ribs, it's a pretty good place to get ribs because they always have ribs. And you can just walk in and buy you know 25 racks of ribs. So when you're getting ready for a season, do you have a number of jobs that you're looking to book during the course of your run? Anything that'll pay for uh, a year of college at Ohio State is about what I'm looking <laughs> to get right now. I, I wouldn't say there's a set number of jobs. I did 13, 14 this year. If I'd be happy if I did 10 next year. And it would be better if there were some of them were bigger jobs. I'd probably be happy if I did eight, to be honest with you. Uh, it's it's really gets to be more than you can do um, by yourself for too much of an extended period of time. Is it typically just one a week, or are you more times than not doing more than two? Well, you know, it starts out slow. I did I did one the first week in June, the second week in June, then I didn't do one till July seventh, uh, and then you know, then it got real. Uh, two that next week and then three the week after that and 
And then I picked up, you know, two jobs at the end of the year. And this is what I mean when I say you'll take, you know, if you're not doing anything, you'll take it. Uh, then I had a customer up in Detroit from my real world job. I talk barbecue to everywhere. You know, every customer I go to, every person that knows me knows I cook barbecue. So, and that's probably an important thing to note. You know, if you're a caterer, tell everybody in the world about it. And, and, you know, people will want to give you business. So you know, a customer of mine said, hey, come on up and cook for us. And, but it turned out all right. They had 75 people, and, uh, and I'll have that job again next year now, too. So, How long does your season typically run, then? Uh, I would say this year I, I did a, a small party for 50 for a friend of mine and, uh, on opening day. I think it was April 4th. It was Good Friday I had to cook. And remember, we had the snow, and the Indians got snowed out. And uh, uh, So I started then, but I would say typically May to... Uh, the May to October. I really wouldn't want to go past the first week in October here. So you've been doing this for about two and a half years now. So you have a pretty good gauge of what your typical expenses year in and year out are as far as, you know, consumables that you're always right, going right. to be getting. And so kind of give us an outlay of that. And then maybe some things that you have kind of splurged on in order to make yourself either more uh, efficient or more optimized well I'll, I'll start out with the splurge i really haven't uh the only you, you see little things that uh you know like i bought a another chafing pan this summer because i, I determined that uh i really needed four of them and uh and i i'll, I'll caution anybody that goes that's going into this business unless you're going to do really fancy jobs um don't waste your money on expensive chafing dishes. I mean, I bought a couple of real nice, the real nice stainless chafing dishes with the lids and the the real nice stands and everything. And uh, I never use them because it's too hard to clean them. Uh, the simple wire chafing dishes with a with a nice sturdy pan and lid uh, uh, work real well. Well, the typical expenses, uh, you know, you're going to have to buy propane. I have I have a uh, propane fired uh, pit that I use the log lighter uh, uh, if the temperature drops uh, you heat the pit back up with it and I do all my cooking on uh, the burners on the front of it uh, beans and uh, you know warming sauce and things like that so you're going to buy propane and I'll typically use I would say an average of a 20 pound tank per cook um, an expense for most people would be wood um, or find yourself, and I highly re- recommend that people go out and find people that have wood on their land, give them a brisket or two, and and they'll be happy to cut wood for you if you keep the, keep that meat coming. There's always plenty of leftover meat to give people. So you can generally barter for wood, but you're going to buy foil. Um, I make my own sauce, so you know, a couple cases of ketchup every summer. I make sauce in seven-gallon uh, batches. So you're gonna, you know, have to replenish spices. I go through. I went through a hundred pounds of uh, barbecue rub this summer. So you're gonna go through a lot of uh, a lot of barbecue rub, and you can make your own. Sometimes I make my own. Sometimes I uh, I buy it. But generally, generally I find it's it's easier to just buy it. All your raw materials, your meats, your uh, you know canned beans, your frozen green peppers, your chopped onions. Uh, all that type of stuff. You're uh, going to pay insurance, obviously, if you're a legit caterer. There's definitely a lot of things to keep track of, though. Well, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's real simple. I, I, I got a basic uh, 
Quicken program, uh, QuickBooks. And, uh, you know, it's very simple to uh, record all your expenses on there and keep track. They, they give you a real nice P&L statement, you know, right where you're at. And it's kind of funny because, uh, like I say, the, the first year, um, you know, I didn't make any money, obviously, from the government's point of view um, and didn't really make any money and, and probably won't show a profit truly this year either because I'm just finally going through the last year of uh, depreciation on the pit. So, uh so I'll start making money next year, but uh, I mean I've I've made mo- enough money to to pay the business off. I, I, I'm going to say I made money this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see if I'm ta- how much I'm taxed on it or not. But and that's another expense you've got an accountant because I can't do this stuff. Uh, the first time I looked at uh, and you can do it if you're uh, if you're uh, what do you call the. Uh, smart no there's a there's a uh i'm an s chapter corporation and there's a there's a, another way you can do it where you file on your own taxes and uh you know that's just not as safe as being an s chapter because i'm protected uh, whereas uh you know you always have the potential for someone to sue you some some kid leans on your pit and burns his arm or uh or somebody gets sick and uh you know so you need to be covered and and you need to be protected. I, I wouldn't advise anybody going into this with their eyes closed. You know, there, there's, uh, there's quite a bit of, uh, you know, added expenses uh, in, in that type of thing. You know, I, I have a pretty good feeling by the third year now of, of where my expenses are and how much money I, I actually made last year. It's two and a half years into it. Is it as fun now as it is when you started? Um, I would have to say, I don't know that it ever was fun, uh, because the nature of who I am doesn't almost doesn't allow me to have fun when I'm doing something like this. Uh, you almost have to remove yourself from the situation you're in, you know, whether it's family or, you know, even my daughter's graduation party, you you have to treat it like you're there as a professional, the the whole reason I'm there and the whole reason this is successful is because I bring this beautiful, you know, well-oiled Texas barbecue pit and pull it into your backyard and pull all the wood out and stack it up and can tell you the story and the lore of barbecue and what makes a good sauce and what makes a good rub. And, uh, and the problem is, is I get so busy that when the people are standing there asking me all these questions, I, I don't feel like talking to them. So, uh, uh, but you still, you have to persevere. You have to, you have to be a salesman at that point. Um, you have to, people have to want you to be in their yard and they have to want you to be there and you have to be an entertainer. And, uh, and that's part of being successful. You have to be able to sell the, the whole thing of barbecue. Well, you're, there's no bigger barbecue form dweller than you. And I'm a I'm troll. Sure, I'm a troll. Man. Troll. Sorry. But you read the post just like anybody. And it seems like a lot of guys that start getting really into it in their own backyards. The next logical step for any of them that start talking about is catering or doing something in their neighborhood and then ultimately getting into doing it either full time or part time like you're doing. Is it more pie in the sky that they they're excited about doing their own backyard and they've done a couple jobs for, you know, the neighbor and they're ready to now jump into it versus now that you're kind of a seasoned veteran, there's a lot more work than just feeling all good and you're telling me about it. It's a lot of work, and I think you have to be prepared. I think, you know, if you're willing to work, if, uh, 
and I don't mean like cooking at a barbecue competition because I would consider that relaxing compared to uh, compared to catering. But uh, once you get the system down and once you know what you're doing and you have the physical ability, I mean, if you're out of shape, um, if you're prone to maybe having a heart attack or something, I wouldn't advise it uh, because there there are times where it becomes so physically demanding. Uh, you know, it's hot out and uh, you're you're rushing to get things done and you've got a lot of pressure on you. You know, I could see I could see somebody getting into phys- real physical trouble doing it. You've got to be able to lift coolers full of ice and briskets out of the back of your truck. Uh, you've got to be able to. St- Frankly, the way I do it, you've got to be able to stay awake for 24 hours. You know, I don't know if I can continue doing it at 55 years. You know, I'm I'm 50 next week, and uh, you know, can I keep doing it? But you know, you could you could ultimately sacrifice some of your uh, some of your profit and hire a guy to come sit. You know, for 200 bucks, you could probably find somebody that's willing to come, and probably Greg would be willing to come and do it. Didn't want to look. <laughs> so basically, we're eliminating about eighty-five percent of Barbecue Central's membership because um, of the physical demands catering takes. Yeah, that, well, we we know that uh, <laughs> we know that Chris does it, and uh, you know, I think there's guys out there that uh, that could do it. Uh, um, obviously, Kevin is going to do it because he bought that big giant pit. So yeah. uh, you know, it's, unless he's going to do like three or four cook-offs at a time out of it. But yeah, it's it's a lot of work. But is it pie in the sky? No, because I think there's people out there that uh, that uh, can handle it. But uh, and obviously, you know, my wife doesn't, uh, <clears throat> and I don't ask her to. She doesn't come along and really help or anything. Uh, she keeps the home fires burning, as it were. And and uh, so you know, if there are guys out there whose wives were willing to pitch in, and uh, and and you know, if you had a if you had a tent with you and you had two people and one sleeps and one, uh, it, it would be a lot easier. But, uh, you know, it's, it's working well for me. Um, and, I, and it's kind of unique the way I'm doing it. It's just, again, it's a side gig and I don't want to invest any more people or time than necessary, which is probably why it's so profitable for me. You don't want to go after the people that only want to pay, you know, eight bucks a person or seven bucks a person. Cause that's not worth my time at all. Um, I wouldn't charge less than 12 and that would be for 400 people. So uh, you, you start to negotiate price when the number of people gets so far out there that, you know, it, it makes sense to negotiate. But, you know, I've had people tell me, well, you know, you're kind of expensive. And I said, well, I don't, you know, okay, you can, you're free to go find someone else. And uh, they almost always relent um, because what they're looking for, no one else is doing. You you want to try to go after the corporate people, the country club people. And once you get into that circle of people, you perpetuate more jobs within that circle of people. The corporate community is close-knit. One guy from one company will come down the parkway to have barbecue at the other guy's company. And then he wants you to come to work at his company and the other important thing to remember is to impress that type of people, you have to be extremely clean. You have to wash your hands constantly. You know, I have Purell hand soap. I have hot water. I have sanitized water. Um, I'm constantly wiping off the pit. There's, uh, you know, there's no dirt around anywhere. I change my clothes. I change my aprons frequently. I, I change the dishwater frequently. So people are, you know, constantly commenting on, on what a clean operation I run. And, and, you know, that's probably, you know, maybe the most important point 
that if people see you're clean, then they will recommend you to other people and uh, they will, you know, you, your business will perpetuate itself because people, you know, want to eat uh, food that's being prepared by people who are clean and who know what they're doing. It's certainly no easy task given the fact that you're cooking cuts of meat that are inherently greasy and dirty. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't help when I'm, you know, got a big cigar hanging out of my mouth while I'm pulling the pork either, but, uh, <laughs> you know, what the hell. This is something you're doing part-time now in the summer. You seem to be doing pretty well at it uh, profitability-wise. If you put a full-court press on this, is this something that you could sustain for a 12-month period and transition out of your day job? However uncomfortable that might yeah. sound at this point, but removing our uncomfortableness for that point. Because <laughs> this is something that you could you know, push out into a full-time job? To do it all year would be very difficult in the mode that I'm in right now. I don't think I could do it with an offset pit because the weather here is just so bad. If you were going to do it, you would almost have to rent a kitchen or rent a place where you could sell barbecue by the pound. Um, That's always been my theory. Don't open a restaurant, just open a place that sells barbecue by the pound. The problem is, is that to do, you know, you could. I, I'm going to say you couldn't do the catering thing year round. It, it maybe if you purchased a, a Southern Pride or a, you know, a Cook Shack or a, uh, an old Hickory or something like that, where you had an indoor pit. I don't think that it could be pulled off up here, um, just because barbecue tends to be such a summer thing. The catering season around here at Christmas time and and you know in the winter tends to gravitate more towards other things. Uh, uh, and I don't really want to become a full bore caterer. So I'm going to say I could probably double the amount of business I do between May and uh, October and uh, maybe make a pretty decent living at that and then be in a rock band for the rest of the year. But uh, I, I would think that you could probably make, if you really hustled and and worked 20 to 30 jobs over the summer in this area, you could probably make forty to $50,000 gross sales doing this. Dave Hudson is the pit master and sole proprietor of Woodman's Real Pit Barbecue. Which can be found at web address www.woodmansbarbecue.com. And if you're local, you can certainly reach him at this telephone number. 440-796-9485. 440-796-9485. Dave, as always, uh, again, little more time at elapsed than I uh, was hoping for for the second conversation, but we'll certainly do it again sooner. And to anybody that's listening, if you're looking to get into the catering business and you have a specific question that you'd like Dave to answer or give his expert opinion and thoughts on, you can email me uh, through the website and we'll ask him next time in. And hopefully, uh, maybe we can do it again before next season gets rolling. Maybe we can, Greg. All right. Dave, thanks for coming out to the Barbecue Central Studios, and we will have you back. Uh, my pleasure. I'm worth the chat. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to learn more about barbecue and grilling, I encourage you to visit our website at www.thebbqcentral.com. We'd love to have you join the fun and camaraderie of the best barbecue forum on the Internet. Stay tuned for the D-Dogs Rub Spot on the backside, Jones. For Barbecue Central, this is your program host, Greg Remy, saying so long, everybody. D-Dog's award-winning barbecue rubs put the perfect balance of spicy and sweet on your ribs, chicken, all beef and pork, and more. Whether it's slow-cooked barbecue or grilled steaks and burgers or soups, vegetables, or anything else from your kitchen, 
D-Dog's award-winning rubs make good food great. Four flavors, original, maple, apple, and peach, each made from the freshest all-natural ingredients. Order yours today at www.ddogsbarbecue.com. That's D-D-O-G-S-B-B-Q.com. D-Dog's Barbecue Rubs. It's better than ketchup. (laughs) 